Hello and welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 231. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons, and as always, I'm joined by the man himself, Mr. Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Mike. Good morning, members, subscribers, listeners, as well as viewers. Boy, do we have yet again, Mike, another action-packed culmination in one of our brand new series on Mel Robbins. And boy, it's been a real treat because I would have to say, Mark, that she has brought us some fresh, somewhat challenging early stage thinking. She's not going to allow us to be a victim. She's not going to allow us to be in the passenger seat. She's going to put us in the driver's seat by getting our mindset correct. And she's intervening with all those nasty things such as self-doubt, procrastination, or worry about the future. She's going to help us seize the day, make it happen. And this last installment is going to be no different, is it? You're totally right, Mike. We not only dove into the five-second rule in episode 229, we then got into Stop Saying You're Fine last week. And now, Mike, we're diving into the high five habit, which is essentially a global uh, bestseller as well as sequel to a certain extent from the five-second rule. Obviously, you're seeing a a little bit of a pair there with the number five. I think that must be our lucky number, Mike. Maybe it's Mel's. But don't let that title fool you. It isn't just about going around you and me high-fiving people in the street, Mike. This is not a habit where we're going to adopt it outside. Instead, as I think we're going to find out today, there's a little bit of a case of self-love as well as deep encouragement that you can give yourself. Now, Mark, i got to say, when we were preparing for this show and studying the book, the idea of giving yourself a high five, I'm like, I don't know. Like I'm pretty open to this kind of stuff, but I think this is an invitation. Let's together study this book, uh, decode this book, challenge this book. And let's ask you, our viewers, listeners, and members, what you think. Can you see yourself high-fiving yourself in the mirror? Well, that's just one of the ideas Mel Robbins has. So, Mark, I'm ready to get in there and let's look at this thing. Let's challenge it. Let's see, is there something in there for us? Yeah, I totally agree, Mike. Let's dive in. Let's put up our moonshots hat and check out Mel Robbins, who's going to introduce us today on the high five habit by breaking down what the high five habit is all about. Hey, it's Mel Robbins. And if you are struggling with energy, and focus and discipline right now. I've got a simple science-backed thing for you to try that will immediately boost your mood, it will immediately build your confidence, and it will give you the burst of inspiration and support that you need. I call it the high five habit. It's gonna sound weird. Here's how you do it. Right after you brush your teeth in the morning, I want you to look at yourself. I want you to set an intention for today. Think about how you're gonna show up, who you're gonna be, and what matters to you to make progress on today. And then I want you to raise your hand and high five your reflection. And something crazy is going to happen. As you raise your hand, you silence the critic in your mind. And you seal that intention with your own reflection. And there's even more. All of the messaging associated with a high five. I believe in you. We got this. Let's go. Come on now. Pick yourself up. Keep going. It's already in your brain. So when you high five your own reflection, all that positive programming marries with your own reflection when you need it most. I know it sounds silly. It sounds weird, but 
please try it for five days and you'll be shocked at what happens. And when you do, I'm gonna tell you something. Your whole life will change because what's actually changing is you. And that's worth a hot. Oh my gosh. Mark, this is crazy, right? Because it sounds so woo-woo. It sounds so naff at first listen. But if I take a step back, what I can start this conversation with when she said, like, set an intention, how you want to be today, who, who's going to show up? And I have these moments sometimes, like, if I have a really important presentation or if I'm kicking off a big workshop, I really do journal and almost meditate on how I want to turn up. And in particular, I do things not just like, hey, I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to connect with people. But I also do little nuanced things, like particularly with big events, sometimes you can get a bit overexcited. So I really try and like manage my energy, make sure that I'm present and I'm not too adrenalized for a big, for a really big event. But I do definitely set those intentions and I do have, and you've got on screen here, the, the daily affirmations. I really believe in those things. But equally, like if I have to produce a lot of writing in a day, I do at the beginning of the day actually really focus my intention on really producing the work to be productive, to really get on with it. Like I will skip checking any news. I will even delay looking at my emails and get up earlier so I can have one or two hours where I haven't even looked at my email yet and I'm deep into the writing, deep into the work. So I think there's a big message here about having a clear intention of how you want to turn up for your day, as opposed to what I think a lot of us do, is I think it's very easy just to get in the habit of you wake up and you shower and you have your breakfast and you go to work and you kind of, the day unfolds as fate will have it, right? But I think she's proposing a different way of the day going, but I'm not sure about the high-fiving, Mark. You got to help me here. <laughs> well, look, I think what you're touching upon there is is a nice build rather than being the passenger in your own life and therefore opening up the opportunity to say, oh, poor me, things aren't going out how I dreamed them to. Maybe that's not a life goal. Maybe that's just something that happens in your day. You know, the bus is late or something small like that. And instead of having that mindset where you where you constantly refer to something as not ideal, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't how things should turn out. I think, as we've kind of discussed in the show before, that's kind of the opposite of what we've got up on screen. And for our listeners, as Mike's just mentioned, we've got some daily affirmations up on screen. I think when I have found myself getting into a habit, and we will do it, of focusing on the negative stuff, you know, uh, it's too cold, I've tripped over, the bus is late, whatever that might be, there's too much work. You you sit in that negative mindset for maybe too long. Yeah. And for me, that becomes quite dangerous because then it's quite infectious. Suddenly, not only am I a little bit grumpy to hang out with for those around me, but also I'll start doing it more and more. And where I think the power of something like a daily affirmation or a habit, as Mo is breaking down for us here, I think it snaps you out of it, or quite literally it slaps you out of it. <laughs> 
into a high five because then you suddenly realize, hang on, I don't need to go along and be that passenger. I don't need to accept things as they are. If I put a smile on my face, if I go out and just get on with the day and do the best that I can, at least I know that I have done the best I can. It's kind of like William H. McRaven. You know, if you set your bed at the beginning of your day, then you're going to feel good when you get back into it at the end of the day. Whereas that ownership, I think, isn't always true. And I think that's where people tend to go wrong, Mike, because they aren't allowing themselves to essentially take control of those lives and and be in that driving seat. What do you think? So I love the reference to William H. McRaven. Like, if everything else goes wrong in the day, at least you made your bed, right? You You got to win early, right? I would say that high-fiving yourself in the mirror a la Mel Robbins style is really of the same vein of saying these daily affirmations that you've got here or setting your intentions or journaling about how you want to act today, this week. I would also say that there is a really big opportunity here to go a level deeper. This is something that Goggins talks about. People that really push themselves, so any sort of endurance athlete will know what this kind of means, is like I see here like an affirmation about I'm a winner, right? I get it done. And I think that's really good, like crossing the finish line, to use this metaphor. But if you want to take things another level, when I'm on the run, let's use running as the metaphor here, I don't only have a, an affirmation about crossing the finish line or a vision of myself crossing the finish line. I also have a vision of myself overcoming fatigue in the middle of the race. I have a vision of myself training hard when I am tired. I have a vision of myself training when I'm not getting the results, but I don't stop. Because I actually think a lot of people suffer from not having, they have the big vision of crossing the line. They haven't manifest or seen themselves working out and not getting the results and still going. Think about how many people we've studied who've faced real rejection. Einstein, Steve Jobs, Oprah Winfrey, and they kept going. I think if you can, Affirm to yourself, journal to yourself, remind yourself that if it hasn't killed you, it's making you stronger. Think Zaha Hadid here. Like, oh no, I ain't beat. And if I'm not getting the results every day, I'm getting a little bit closer. Even if I can't see it, I'm just one day closer. I think this is really all about intercepting self-doubt. Mm feeling unsure of yourself and like really being disciplined with how you think, setting that intention, setting that mindset. Because if you can say, I'm going to cross the line and I'm going to grind it out in training every single day, when you're grinding, you will not see quitting as an option. It will not register. But if you haven't filled that void with clarity of purpose, you know self-doubt's coming for you because life is the greatest competitor. If you are not on, 
you are going backwards. And that is for sure the yeah. truth, isn't it? Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that let's call it growth mindset, you know, the ability to welcome those obstacles and even, you know, train for them. You know, the idea of training for that moment mid-race when you're feeling a little bit tired, not only from a physical perspective, but like a mental one, and you hit that roadblock. That reminds me of a lot of that work that we've really leaned into from somebody like Goggins, who says that that's when you find out who you are. Big you know, time. We have delved, we've delved into so many individuals who have really demonstrated that we can all achieve a lot more than we think we're capable of. Absolutely. And remember this, Goggins says, I'm actually not a good natural runner. So he had to manufacture the mindset of a great ultra marathon long distance runner because he knew his body shape and his whole athletic style was not really a, a small, lean little guy, uh, which is great for long distance running. He's a big guy. So he was prepared to re-engineer. He talks about it at a soil level, right? A mineral level. And the mineral that um, Mel Rob yeah, that Mel Robbins is talking about is that thought in the morning that's up for grabs. You can make it whatever you want. You can be completely unawares and just entertain monkey mind, or you can go with purpose, whether metaphorically or in real life, you're high-fiving yourself. You can be in the driving seat, but you must choose for it. And I think at the heart of that process. If you're interested, as we're saying this, if you're interested, you have to start with defining who you are, where you're at, and being totally okay with that. You have to accept yourself, don't you, Mark? Yeah, that's exactly it. You have to be really, really considerate and focused on understanding where you are. So, Mike, why don't we now launch into the next clip that we've got that's building on Mel Robbins' high five habit. This time, we're going to hear a great breakdown from Read and Grow. We have a very, very simple breakdown for us. And this time it's all about setting our own tone. Your relationship with yourself is the foundation for everything in your life. How you talk to and treat yourself sets the tone for everything you do. It determines how you feel, what you think, and what actions you take. If you look in the mirror and don't see a person worth celebrating, it's time to change that. A high five is so much more than a slap of a hand. It's a transfer of energy and belief from one person to another. Every high five says, I believe in you, which makes you believe in yourself and in your ability to push forward. If being loved, encouraged, and celebrated feels so good, if it keeps you going and helps you achieve your goals, why don't you do it for yourself? What if you learned how to cheer yourself forward every day, every week, every year of your life, step by step, as you move towards your goals and your dreams. Oh man, this is such a validation of what Mel is talking about. Like it really is your choice. Like I, I think it's really important to admit here and to register the fact that every guru, expert, author, academic that we've studied has often spoken about the battle of self-doubt, imposter syndrome. Everybody feels it, but those that succeed have the capacity to overcome it. This high five is just one way. 
affirmations, choice of how you will perceive the hardship. I'm struggling right now, but that's okay. I'm going to stay the course. It is such a powerful mindset where you say, where you train, where you choose for your direction to go. Because, Mark, let's look at the alternate option here. If you're not actively empowering yourself with the work of Mel Robbins and others, well, what do you think, what, what sort of the symptoms of someone who's doing that, who's not taking that ownership? I think of people you know who are struggling. What do you see? Yeah. Look, I, I think I've been there before as well. You know, when, when you pick up bad habits and don't continue, you know, keeping yourself in check, it's very, very possible to get into that, oh, poor me mindset. And this um, habit, I think, really does spill out into a lot of the work that you end up doing. So for me, when I've had times when I haven't believed in myself, maybe things at work haven't quite worked out, maybe something I was relying on didn't pay off. At the same time, that's not necessarily anybody else's fault. Instead, it just sometimes happens. But for me, one of the guilty uh, behaviors that I think I have, maybe maybe it's even a habit, is to then start feeling like it's somebody else's fault. You want to find somebody to put the blame on. So what ends up happening? Well, you get grumpy. You feel disheartened. Maybe you don't want to try anymore. You don't want to work with other people. You just want to either stay in bed or you just want to close the laptop and, and not really get on with anything. Yep. And as I'm saying with this, Mike, None of that sounds attractive, does it? None of it sounds productive, helpful, or a good place to be. <laughs> well, I would propose to you it's sort of like a doom loop, isn't it? It's somebody who think and reacts negatively. Well, they attract negative energy. Bad things happen to them. So they think more negatively and they get in a bit of a spiral. I mean, I, I do think about how although Arnold Schwarzenegger is a different cat than Mel Robbins, one of the interesting things, though, is he took full and complete ownership for the vision he had of himself, and he was unrelenting in seeing that happen and of absolute confidence that he could use these sorts of techniques to get there. Think about it. He grew up in a little country village in Austria and said, I will be the world champion of bodybuilding and was Mr. Universe like eight times in a row. Like, oh, my gosh, already that's amazing. Then he's like, you know what, I'm going to be an actor. Everyone's like, are you crazy? No, I can't even understand what you're saying. And he's like one of the biggest actors in history. And then he's like, you know what, I want to be a politician. So he was the governor twice, got reelected, of the biggest state in America, the fifth biggest economy in the world. He did all three things. I, I think this is absolutely transforming. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a real it's a real demonstration, isn't it, of having your mind in a space that enables you to go out and be successful. I think if anybody is proof, Mike, that that mindset can be a driver for success, Arnold Schwarzenegger has got to be up there. Interestingly, though, Mike, as you were breaking that down, it's reminded me of this idea that we were learning within the happiness series, which is that happiness or said differently, a positive mindset, perhaps, is like a muscle. It is something that we can work on. It's something that you can grow, exactly like we were learning in the, in the five-second rule from Mel Robbins 
at the beginning of our Mel Robbins series, in fact, this confidence competency loop, the more you do something and the more something gets a little bit better, the better you feel. And what happens then? Well, good news. You wake up a little bit more positive tomorrow. Maybe even you start smiling to your neighbors. You say hi to the bus drivers. Suddenly, all of those things compound and you get, let's call it happier. Maybe you get become more productive. And all of those little habits, those things that you do, isn't it, Mike? Whether you high five yourself in the mirror, whether you say hello to your neighbors, whether you pat the dogs, <laughs> all these small things can add up and have such a positive impact on yourself. Yeah, and I think some of the practical things you can do is you can say your goals out loud every day. What are your goals for the day, the week, the year? You can talk about how you want to turn up with compassion as a listener. You want to be productive. There's so many things that you can reaffirm to yourself. You can say to yourself every single day, and it is the power of the subconscious that you're talking to here. You are going to war with self-doubt. Joseph Murphy check him out, wrote a lot of books on the power of the subconscious. What we're doing here practically with Mel Robbins is going after exactly the same thing. We are not going to give in to self-doubt. We're going to take ownership for it. And I think this is what a great story for people to hear. I think everybody needs to hear that they have this choice, just like people have the choice to become a member of the Moonshots podcast. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think this is up there with self-actualization, this this idea of being a member. I mean, for five bucks, you get so much. Mark, who are these members? Who are these amazing transformative individuals? I mean, much like I wake up, Mike, and do my daily affirmations, I have a weekly affirmation. <clears throat> and that weekly affirmation is to do the Moonshots member role. Please welcome, as always, Bob, Marjolin, Ken, Dietmar, Marjan, Connor, Rodrigo and Lisa, Sid, Mr. Bonjour, Paul and Berg, Kalman, Joe, Christian, Samuela, Barbara, Andre, Eric and Chris, Deborah, Lasse, Steve, Craig, Daniel, Andrew, Ravi and Yvette are all now, Mike, our annual members. That list really is getting longer every single time I have to do my weekly affirmations. But soon on Yvette and team's heels, include Karen and Raul, PJ, Nikawara, Ola, Ingram, Dirk and Emily, Harry, Karthik, Venkata, Marco, Jet, Roger, Anna and Raw, Nimelen, Eric, Diana and Wade, Christoph, Denise, Laura, Smitty, Corey and Gayla, Bertram, Daniela, Mike and Nelson, and our brand new members, Mike. These individuals have really been pumping their daily affirmations, Dan, Antonio, Vanessa and Zachary. Thank you guys all so much for joining us on the Moonshot Show, not only for those annual members, those people who are joining us week in, week out, but as well as our brand new team. Exciting stuff, Mike. Yeah, thank you so much to all of you. We really do appreciate your membership, your patronage, and your support because it ain't cheap to put together a whole production like this. So your support helps us produce a show. In fact, we share two shows every single week and we'll do so for a long, long time thanks to your support. So we truly are grateful. And if you would love to become a member and support the show, it's the price of one cup of coffee a month. That's all it is. And you also get access to the Moonshots Master Series, which is an additional podcast only for our members. So check out moonshots.io, hit the big members button, and before you know it, you'll be supporting us. 
So now we turn our minds back to Mel Robbins, and now we have to think about what starts to happen on this journey, Mark. As I go out into the world, I try and be the best version of myself. You know what? I wish it would be perfect. I wish we could predict everything that was going to happen, Mark, but it's not quite like that, is it? Look, is the one thing that is guaranteed, Mike, is that there's going to be stuff that is not guaranteed. <laughs> so now let's hear from Mel. <laughs> let's hear from Mel and a special guest, Evan Carmichael, a moonshot favorite of ours, who are going to discuss this idea of acceptance as well as how we can all embrace the uncertainty. I'll give you guys a secret way to fast lane your way into being more authentic. Start saying these three words more often. I don't know. <laughs> if you're in a meeting at work and somebody asks you a question and you say, I don't know, something incredible happens. Your credibility goes through the roof because people in that nanosecond realize Holy cow, if I'm talking to Evan and he's willing to say in front of 10 other people, I don't know, uh, I can try to figure it out for you, but I don't know the answer to that. People go, I can trust him because he's telling me the truth. He's admitting something I don't even want to admit. And so if you were to start to look for opportunities every day to either say, I don't know, or to say, I don't know how many words are in this sentence, something like, I'm sorry, Evan, I don't understand what you're talking about. Could you explain NFTs to me again? Like it, it, you, that literally is the magic formula for beginning to be more authentic. Admit what you don't know. There's this great clip on a major news network. It's CNN or CNBC, one of those. And Elon Musk is on it. And he's basically saying that uh, robots are going to kill us all and take over the world. Right. It's like this big, bold statement. And then they ask him, well, how's it going to happen? And he says, I don't know. <laughs> and then they asked him a couple more questions. The same thing is like, I don't know. And I remember watching that to your point, like, man, I don't know that I would have the courage to go on some major platform, make some bold claim, and then not know the answer to any of the follow-up questions. I think our human nature would be like, oh, let me try to stumble to find an answer as opposed to just flat out saying, I don't know. <laughs> it's actually a power move, everybody, to say, I don't know, or, hey, excuse me, I, I'm not following what you guys are talking about. Can you explain what XYZ means? Or I, I don't know how to pronounce, pronounce this word. That happens to me all the time with my dyslexia, just no idea how to pronounce words. And so I think when you're willing to say, I don't know, it's a way to put your toe in the water and realize you're not going to die. People actually don't laugh at you. They respect the fact that you're saying something like that. Most people, if they know something that you don't know, love being smarter than you. So they're not going to penalize you. They're going to feel better around you. And the other thing that I've learned through experience, and you can read this, everybody, and you can listen to Evan and I say this, but until you experience it yourself firsthand, you will not believe what I'm talking about is true. Research shows when you screw up or stumble or mispronounce something, or forget what you were supposed to say, or you start to look a little panic-stricken if you're speaking in class or you're giving a presentation or you're doing a live stream like Evan and I are right now. When you screw up, the people watching immediately flip into feeling bad for you and then rooting for you. 
So that hmm. I can't remember what the study is. You may know this, Evan, about how like if you've ever seen somebody trip up the stairs to get an award, like at the Oscars or something, when that happens, we all go, oh, no. Or if you've ever been in the audience when somebody's slides aren't working and you start to feel the shared experience of anxiety, people trust you more. They root for you because you're stirring a shared experience with them. I think, Mark, here, like the big thing is you cannot be expected to have a plan that's perfect and to know everything. Because if you were to have all of those things, you would be some sort of godlike titan, Bill Gates meets <laughs> Warren Buffett, plus a bit of Oprah Winfrey as yeah. well. <laughs> like, like I, and I think we all feel like we have to have the answer. And the best discussions always come from things like, I don't know, what do you think? Right? Those are the mm-hmm. great discussions because that's where people feel that it's safe not to have all the answers and to be creative and to think about curious possibilities. I don't know, maybe this, maybe that. That's where we get the creative juices going. And I think that the reality is that it's easy to admit you don't know when you remind yourself of what you do know and what you do have. And I strangely think like if you're putting in the work, getting up early, taking good care of yourself and others, working hard, being productive and doing the right thing, so much inner confidence can come from that, that you can be like, hey, I'm working out, I'm doing my thing. I don't have all the answers, but I know this, but I don't know that. So why don't we work on it? And I think that's an invitation for collaboration. And much to what you've got on screen here is if you practice that sense of knowingness, that calm, and being grateful for the things you do have, you can admit what you don't have. That's easy. It's when you're not in yourself, when you're not present in yourself, when you're not connected to yourself, when you're a little bit getting beaten up by life and experiencing a lot of self-doubt, that's when you get off track. And I think some of these things are the key to having that inner confidence to say, I don't know. I think it's funny. I believe that, or maybe the answer here is Mike, I don't know. But (laughs) the times for me, when I I felt a little bit more, shall we say, comfortable with an unknown situation, and that unknown situation could be, you know, like we've talked about bad feedback, a challenging project, maybe something that you don't yet know what's going to happen. There's, there's, I think, two phases that, that I can go through. One is trying to practice acceptance. Okay, this is what it is. Maybe I can't control it. Let's go along with the water and see where it takes us. And I think that's kind of phase one, that, that sort of acceptance level. Okay, it's not perfect. The situation's maybe trickier than I thought, but I'm just going to have to lump it. The second phase then, which I think is probably more within our moonshotty space, is what do we do then? What's the productive uh, headspace that we then get into once that moment of feeling maybe dis- un- uncomfortable or out of our depth or just a bit frustrated with how things have gone? That's 
when I think that that calmness, as we're seeing on the on the screen at the moment, it then falls into place, and then I'm able to put into practice that calmness. So through the habits that we've discussed, maybe it's journaling, maybe it is high-fiving ourselves in the mirror, or maybe it's just practicing a level of acceptance or maybe a level of, of, of building yourself up each day. Once you've got that foundation slowly starting to get figured out, I feel as though I'm personally a, a little bit stronger and more capable to deal with those moments of uncertainty, as we were just hearing from Mel and Evan in that clip, because I've put in that hard work. Yeah. I've put in that level of, let's say, practice to then bounce off when things do get a little bit rough. Yeah, like I think um, the opportunity is to find how you can be really comfortable in your own skin and don't fall victim to self-doubt and uncertainty. Because for me, the, the, the way I would do that, like let's practically say I was thinking out loud on how I'm going to be prepared for uncertainty and self-doubt. The thinking process that I would use is uncertainty, doubt, challenge, and problems are guaranteed in life. Because I've seen on the Moonshots podcast, every single person we've studied has experienced those things. So the fact that I'm experiencing problems, challenges, and self-doubt, not only is it inevitable, what we've learned is it's often a sign that you're doing the right thing, stretch goals, getting a little uncomfortable, growing a little bit. And I think this is a very good way by which you can go out into the world. And if you practice every day some gratitude, if you're um, more objective and don't rush to judgment of others, Practice, work on the happiness muscles, keep it calm, meditate, breathe, go for a nice walk. Then you're not being triggered by uncertainty and self-doubt. You're not quickly going to fight or flight. You can actually re-engineer your response and say, okay, this is really cool. I have no idea what I'm doing. Let's find out. Yeah. Yeah. I like that as well. This idea of you're doing the right thing is a real confidence boost because like you say mike the consistent thing the guarantee that we have as the moonshot show is that invariably everybody's going to come into that that strife yes. and that, that difficulty but isn't it a relief when you then think well if i compare myself to some of these successful individuals they struggle too hey i'm in the right company you are feel yes And and what's so great about the study uh, that we do on the Moonshots podcast is, Mark, we know for sure that they all had massive challenge. David Goggins, he was trying to uh, qualify for SEALs with fractured legs. (laughs) Like, oh, my God. Um, The point here is if you can go problem, good, Yucca Willing style, if you can actually – choose to register this as a positive sign and don't fall victim for fight or flight because what you see is when you stay the course, what we learn from people like Goggins and from Oprah and Michelle Obama is when you stay the course and you let compound interest do its magic, you will win. We really dug into that in the last show as well. Stop saying you're fine by Mel Robbins. That idea of 
the atomic habits and getting better 1% each day, that compound interest. And Mike, it's amazing how regularly that really does come back. Even just practicing these little daily mantras, these little habits, these little practices of uh, maybe getting outside, seeing the sunshine in the morning, like Andrew Hoopman would say, going out for exercise, drinking enough water, all of that helps us, doesn't it? It's all part of the process, I think, to deal with those uncertainties that life throws at you. Yeah, and I I think that part of this is that if you can just train yourself to go, oh, this is good. I'm I'm really learning new things and I'm growing as a result, as have so many others before me. I think that's that's like a key state of mind that you can choose for. Yeah. You can choose for it. And my big thing here, Mark, is to always remind yourself of what David Goggins calls the cookie jar. Have a list of your greatest successes and achievements. And in all of those, you will always find a story of challenge and discomfort and self-doubt, but you overcame it, right? Absolutely. But this, all of this is true, Mike, isn't it? And the truth is we all do suffer stress anxiety, that fear of the unknown, that ability of fight or flight. And we've got one more clip that's coming from Mel Robbins here. Yeah, before, before, we, go there, Mark, before we go there, Mark, before we go there, Mark, I just want to say, though, that what's interesting when we talk about these moments of fear and self-doubt and uncertainty, those things don't actually harm you in any way. It is your response. No of anxiety and stress, that's where all the bad stuff comes. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the times when I felt most, you know, um, well, not only uncomfortable, but, you know, almost physically ill, you know, that anxiety feeling is often self-manifested. Yes. It's the things that you're afraid of that you create in your own mind. You know, it's very rare, I think, for, you know, an individual who's sending you an email to make you feel really, really upset i think is actually internal yes. i think it's the the thing the effect that you're giving yourself you're allowing yourself to get so upset or distraught by it and that's certainly something that i've experienced as well and wait for this the crazy thing is like let's talk about the email bomb that arrives do you know the other crazy yeah. thing is often the people supposedly causing you stress and harm didn't have that intention they don't realize that they wrote an email bomb. They might know it was a little bit edgy, but don't realize how bad. So the crazy thing is we judge them and assume all this malice, but invariably it's stupidity and ignorance rather than intentional Mm. desire to cause stress and and anxiety for the recipient, right? Yeah, you're totally right, Mike. And actually that is true. And we should really, as we've, dealt and delved into on the show this idea of acceptance not only of ourselves but of of those around us which i think is a i suppose an extension with the high five habit you know we've got to accept others as well that's a key moment when you can either choose to accept somebody for who they are you can accept that they've sent you this email maybe it's a bit snotty maybe it like you say is an email bomb which actually i've never i've never heard that phrase before but i i it visually brings to mind a lot of memories for me. And 
it's true. I choose personally to occasionally interpret it in the very negative way. Yeah. But the truth is, is, exactly as you say, that's because I'm choosing to interpret that person incorrectly. So the fold is actually kind of on me. <laughs> there's, there's these really ancient uh, philosophies around like, you know, so much harm in the world. It was never intentional, right? Like it's often just yeah. stupidity <laughs> and ignorance, but we get caught up in this whole narrative in our minds. So, um, but I think, you know, look, stress and anxiety is part of life and we can detach and we can use some of the practices we've talked about, but I believe you're about to share with us. Mel Robbins has some thoughts here too. I was, Mike, I was. We now are going to hear from Mel just one more time. This time she's going to try and close the show with an acceptance again build, this time around the idea of stress and anxiety, but she's going to give us this time a little bit of a hack and a habit so that we can uh, create better practices. Right now, I think everybody's nervous system is in a state or fight or flight. Honestly, what we've just lived through, the human body is not built to sustain that level of uncertainty for that amount of time. And so every morning, I want you to high five your heart. What you're going to do to high five your heart is we're going to teach you how to flip off your fight or flight nervous system and flip on your parasympathetic, calm, cool nervous system. You're going to take your hands and push them on the center of your chest and you're going to take a deep breath. And then you're going to repeat these three sentences. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm loved. I'm loved. And repeat it and repeat it and repeat it until you feel yourself come back into your body. What you're doing on a scientific level is you're tapping into a treasure in your body called the vagus nerve. It is the on-off switch between your stressed out nervous system and your cool grounded one. And the fact of the matter is, if you can hear yourself even thinking those three sentences, it's true. Uh, Mark, good stuff there. I mean, we've talked a lot about this, um, that you can you can actually smile and you will feel happier. It is amazing yeah. the tools that are available to us to control how we feel. So we don't have to be disempowered about feelings. We can be in the driving seat. I think that's that's the big message that I take from from Mel Robbins. Yeah. We are we can be drivers. We just got to get out of the passenger seat. That's all. Yeah, you're totally right, Mike. That's that's the lesson I'm taking away from here as well. It's this idea of ownership, and the truth is, and I've got a, a slide behind us for those listening at home, which is breaking down a framework of positive leadership. The idea, Mike. And the reason why I, th- I thought this was an interesting build here is that no matter what job we are in, whether we are uh, in leadership positions or otherwise, we need sometimes assistance. We need to get that little bit of help. And I think where Mel has really come into play throughout the series is reminding us that actually we do have a lot of control from a foundational level on how we interpret things around us, how we interpret, let's say, obstacles. We can see them as opportunities instead. It all comes down to how we want to look at them. And I think from a positivity perspective, that's a really compelling argument that reminds me, okay, well, this is great. No longer am I at the mercy of an email bomb. No wonder, no no more am I at the mercy of 
you know, out of control working hours. Instead, now it's a mood that I can take advantage of. I know that I can lean on myself <clears throat> and become a little bit more centered, a little bit more balanced, even a little bit more uh, better colleague and maybe moonshot podcast host by trying to take that little bit of ownership over the way that I'm interpreting things around me. Yeah, I think that, I mean, what a gift from Mel Robbins, not only in this book, The High Five Habit, but from the entire series. So, Mark, I have to ask you our classic question, four big habits, four big ideas. What's getting your extra attention after this show? Well, look, Mike, I think it's very easy for me to say that embracing the uncertainty would be the good one because I, but the truth is I think we've we've kind of delved into that a little bit on the show before, haven't we? So instead, I'm going to join Mel as well as Jay Shetty, who we saw in that last clip, which is doing those three very simple six or seven word mantras each day. I do journal, but I don't actually do mantras that much. So that's what I'm going to start doing from now on. What about you, Mike? What are you taking away from the high five habit? Oh, I think I'm still working a lot on silencing the inner critic. So, and my big thing there is mm. no negative thoughts. Like I, I'm really trying to build this system of anything, anything vaguely, even a sniff of negativity to it. Peace and joy, peace and joy, peace and joy. Just like mm. what is the antithesis of negativity? Peace and joy. Well, Mark, there you go. We have both got homework to do. I'm not sure if we will be doing real-life high-fives in the mirror, but I think we'll be doing metaphorically a lot of high-fiving. So I want to thank you for joining me on Show 231. I want to thank you, our members, our viewers and listeners, for a deep dive into the third installment of the Mel Robbins series with her book, The High-Five Habit. And it started with this idea of silencing the inner critic because we are at war with self-doubt and negativity. So it starts with accepting yourself and setting your tone. And as we go on the journey, embrace the uncertainty because rough waters are ahead. That's guaranteed. How you respond isn't, so get to work. And if you do feel any stress or anxiety, reaffirm to yourself what you're all about because what we're all about here on the Moonshots podcast is learning out loud, being the best version of ourselves. And I can't think of a better place to be. All right, that's a wrap.